is true, culinary, this is what's behind the scenes. Cooking in the kitchen, that big money where we eat all oh. Hungry baby, we back. Who has a hankering for some cantankering? Episode twelve of Rags and Dishes podcast. I'm Dan Cotter. I'm Max Fuckboy Richter. Messier Richter. Sorry. Speaking of Messier Richter, the NHL season has started, motherfuckers. Yay, Canada! And luckily, I have a hockey podcast that if you guys are interested in. You could go listen to. It's called Rags to Riches Hockey, and it is the sister podcast to Rags to Dishes. If you don't know, now you know. Hockey. Very excited. And the New York Rangers, my favorite team, sucked in their first game. Not surprising. But in the basketball world, the New York Knicks look all right. Dude, the Knicks look all right, which is like amazing by Nick's standards. Yeah, because I would have assumed they would have lost every game, but they're, I think they're like one or two games under they 500. Have, they haven't even gotten Obi yet either, right? Obi Toppin hasn't even like played yet. I think he played the first game, but he he's a monster. I'm dude. still staying true to my word that the Knicks will win a championship before the Nets do. Wow. Okay. Here it comes, people. So that is a spicy take, right? Anyone there. that knows me knows that there are. Two things that I know more than anyone else about. Okay. One is the New York Rangers. All right. Two is food from New York that is proficient. <laughs> this again. Pizza, bagels, yada, yada, yada. That's but it. That's the end of the list. So I know a lot about New York, and any real New Yorker is not a Nets fan. I mean, this is like some gatekeeping I can get behind. Because the Nets are, you know, such a not storied franchise. Now, I'm not talking about the New Jersey Nets. New Jersey I'm Nets are about legit. The Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, they're the same team. Oh wow, you're shitting on Jersey. They're Nets the same too. team. Fuck Jersey. Well, I'm not saying Jersey's great, but I'm saying that Richard Jefferson, Vince Carter, like, and Jay Kidd were a fun team. I understand the idea of bringing them to um, that. They were a fun team, but I hated them because I'm a Knicks fan. Beat the Celtics, and then you brought them to New York. Well, Jay-Z did. <laughs> Stupid. It's like, I mean, if the Dodgers came back to Brooklyn, that I pro- would be I'd sick. probably root for them. That would be sick. That's where they're from. But the Nets are from New Jersey. Well, the Barclays, the arena they play in is sick. No, it sucks. It's nice. It's trash. Have you been there? Yeah. What'd you see there? I saw Rangers Islanders. And why was it so shitty? Just bad view. Like, it's designed stupid. Maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, the Nets, guys, talk of the town now with the Harden trade. I mean, James Harden. This is going to be a tough take for you to succeed with. I know I just said that the Knicks will get a championship before the Nets. That's what I'm saying. And here's why. Kevin Durant, amazing athlete, soft in the head. Wow. Kyrie Irving hasn't even played yet. I mean. He's on another (laughs) planet. He's the best. He's the player I like the most out of those three. What? What? James Harden is the most overrated basketball player ever. Okay. He gets 50 points a game and 30 points of it are from free throws. I could listen to you besmirch Harden all day, but here's the thing. Let me say this about Durant. I'm fucking sick and tired of sports fans shitting on 
players that give a fuck about their mental health. And I'm not trying to like virtue signal this, or, this, or anything here, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. but like, dude, I got to argue with my fantasy basketball buddies when Paul George last year was just like talking about how he was in the dumps and like in the bubble and how hard it was. And people were like, how hard could it be? You get paid millions of dollars and you're a celebrity. And it's like, yo, that doesn't mean you can't have well, problems. So like, the same thing happened in the NHL during the bubble. Tuker asked the goalie for the Bruins left because of a family emergency. I don't think we really know what it was, why yeah. he left. But the Bruins last year were like, one of the favorites to make it to the cup. And once they mm-hmm. lost Rask, it was like, yeah, he's one of the top 10 goalies in the league. So they fucking fell off. But the thing is, I get it. That shit happens. I get it that you should care about yourself before the sport yeah. or the team. We should just take men's mental health more seriously but as a society. A lot of the things happening are things they signed off on. Yeah. Like you don't want to talk to the fucking media. Oh, well you signed a contract saying that you have to talk to the media and I get that you're rich as fuck and can just pay the fine. Like, look at what Marshawn Lynch did yeah. back in the day with the, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm Do just that. here so I don't get fined. Make a mockery of it. But you can't just bitch and complain and whine. Like, I would, you have it made. I would also say to your point about Durant is like him in particular, when he gets upset about stuff, it's like shit that he goes out and looks for. Like, he goes on Twitter and looks at people mentioning him and gets mad when people say shit about him. And it's like, bro, stay off Twitter and you won't get salty. And so the thing with this Nets team. So first of all, if Kyrie Irving doesn't play, Durant and Harden do not have a chance He's gonna of play. winning a championship together. Uh, Those three together, I guess, make it difficult. But after the shit that Kyrie said about LeBron... I think LeBron will be out to teach them a fucking lesson. Oh, and yeah. I don't I don't think James Harden will be like they don't have a good chemistry. They're all weak minded players. Well what what I said to my friends when Fuck I was James Harden so professionally analyzing the Harden trade is I said that it's like Harden was not the player that the Nets needed to get, but he was the player that was available. Like obviously they, they don't need up. another offensive star. Like you ha- already have Kyrie and Kevin Durant, two of like the top five most offensively talented players in the game. They didn't need another offensive talent. They could have used like a three and D wing, like a like a Paul George or a Jimmy Butler type. But that wasn't available. Harden was what was available, and you pull trig when like it's right there. You got to pull that triggy. Also, like that trade is huge. I don't know all of the semantics to it, but like it looks like the Pacers got fucked. The they, just, they just lost Oladipo, and, like, I don't really know how great Oladipo is right now, but, it, like, on paper, it looks like the Pacers got fucked. Well, Oladipo was, I think, trying to get out of there, and he was probably going to be traded this season, even if it wasn't part yeah. of this trade. And they got Karis LeVert, dude, who's, like, still young and has a bright future. And so I think they would look at that as an upgrade because, like, an invested Karis LeVert is more valuable than a, like, detached Victor Oladipo. I just, I don't think that Nets team will do anything. I think they'll probably get to a finals and lose, but I don't think those three together they they, will. They it, can't play D. I mean, happen. that dude, I'm going to, I'm going to love watching it. Cause like if those three are on the court at the same time, how do you guard that? That's a fucking problem. LeBron, AD. Uh, a- AD can't guard any of those three. It up. AD could guard uh, KD. A- ah, nobody can guard KD. I think so. Eey. Wait till they get in their heads and... 
KD will have him out of the three-point line. If he drags AD out to the three-point line, the Nets are winning. Anyway, yo, we need to <laughs> listen. Enough about basketball. Sorry, guys. But uh, I got a question for you. Who is the James Harden of the establishment? I don't have an answer for that. All right, man. cool, because I do, so zip it. I don't think I hate anyone enough to give them James Harden. All right, so here's the thing. When I say who's the James Harden of the kitchen, I'm talking about someone who is extremely talented, obviously, just like James Harden. but Someone that chokes in the biggest minutes? I wouldn't even say that. I mean, because I'm the person. I don't want to besmirch about the person. About James Harden or the person? <laughs> no, I would say it about James, James Harden. Harden chokes every time. I, he, I mean, he he's choked a lot. Yes, but a lot. I was mainly talking about like the way James Harden has behaved the beginning of this year where he has just checked the fuck out of Houston and completely disrespected the Houston Rockets organization. All of the Rocket players came out and were like, dude, fuck this guy. (laughs) Boogie Cousins was like, yo, fuck that man. So I was going to say, I think Alex McBurdy had some James Harden in him. It's and Matt Reagan too. When they were both invested in other things besides the establishment, they checked the fuck Such out. as what other things? Uh, like girlfriends? Yeah, maybe girlfriends. Maybe uh, they're about to quit. Like, I I mean, I'm sure the listeners can relate to when you work with someone that is on the verge of quitting or maybe just put in their two weeks notice and then they just check the fuck out and they're just like lazy as fuck at work and not doing anything. I've had, that I've, had that, I've done that before. I can't lie. Well, or, well I've, I've, that, I mean, I've done that before in the way of like, I have two weeks left, so I'm going to do the satisfactory amount of work that needs to get done, but I'm not going above and beyond anymore. Cause it's not like I'm looking for a raise or something. I'm leaving. But also there's a difference between like a, like when, low I work, tier- when I work in a kitchen, I'm trying to go all out. Like I'm trying to, learn and get better at whatever it is I'm doing at said job where like if I'm, and when you're in a kitchen back a house, at least you're getting paid shit. So you're going to try as hard as you can to get that extra dollar. You're definitely getting paid shit at the establishment. I got paid pretty good at, for like the time. Not now. Like in if I beginning. went back there now, like, I don't know when I first got to expo and was like 19 making like, 14, 15 an hour when minimum wage was like nine. I was balling. Yeah. I was also working like 70 hours a week. Then he stopped so getting like, raises. But anyway. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like once you give those two weeks, you're like, you're one either like, fuck this place. I'm going to check out like James Harden or I guess make Bernie. Or you're just going to do the bare minimum to get by, which at some jobs, which sucks. You doing the bare minimum is them looking at you like he's not doing shit. You know, well, there's a difference between you and McBurney because you in the kitchen are like a grunt on like the ground floor. I would say McBurney. I would say a soldier, not a grunt. (laughs) Where McBurney's a general. McBurney is was like the head of the kitchen, doing the orders every night, making the specials for the week. Staying his specials were just like he just gave up on specials and was like recycling old shit like he he just when he mailed it in it was a lot more impactful than when someone like you would mail it. okay well maybe i love how we transitioned into the kitchen from this but maybe james harden wins this year because i just found out the other day that alex mcburney shout out my boy 
just won some award. I don't know what the award is for like being a top vegan chef for his vegan menu that he just made. Lex Diamonds. So what a beast. I'm going to have to get down to the establishment and check out what's going on over there. I'm not like into veganism that much, but I'm always down to try some new shit. I mean, so. the, the establishment was full of vegan dishes. I yeah. And, and some of, of them were terrible and some of them were really good. I mean, most of the so, conditions. Are this terrible. was a, this was a great transition. Uh, last episode we did MF Doom. We just did ten minutes of basketball and hockey. So let's get <laughs> Sorry, back. Guys. Let's get back to the kitchen because we, like, whenever, however many weeks ago that was, two or three weeks ago, we left off talking about the line. Yeah, we want to get more into the line and definitely some of the characters that worked on the line. And again, I love your guys' reviews. Thank you for following us on Instagram at Rags to Dishes Podcast. But after reviewing some things and hearing some things from you guys in the DMs, I guess the past couple episodes I've been teasing Dirty Charlie. I've talked some shit, but I haven't really like let the beast out of the cage. So I thought I thought I would start this off because we still have a good amount of stuff and characters to talk about the line. I would start it off with like the Dirty Charlie story from my experience. Laying on me. So Dirty Charlie got hired when I didn't work there. Or no, actually he did. When he first started, I was getting ready to leave to move to New York. It was like my last summer there in my longest stretch of working there. Anyway, so at the time, Dirty Charlie fucking sucked, you know? He sucked. When he first started there, he sucked, and he was gross, and he wasn't funny. I mean, he was always gross, and, and he was always the pun- that funny. He was immediately a punching bag. I honestly, looking back on it, I feel really bad for Dirty Charlie because, like, I want to say uh, before we shit on this chimpanzee man, I want to say that he fucking took most of it like an absolute champ because from day one when he came in, his nickname was Dirty Charlie. People were constantly shitting at him, on him and he was working like the hardest job in the kitchen on the line and he held his own. He took it on the chin and he never like went breck on anybody. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have much respect to give Dirty Charlie, but I guess he, that's he what did. I would respect. He took the beating he like a champ. He took it like a champ. And we gave it to him so hard. Anyway, so I moved to New York. And Dirt, if you didn't know, uh, Max is from New York, guys. Born in Ridgewood, Queens, motherfucker. Nas is my neighbor, bro. <laughs> um, so I moved to New York and I'm no longer at the establishment. Dan was still there. The, the Stroh was on its way. But a good friend of mine, whose name was also Charlie, got a job there. Oh, yeah, I remember him. I think he was expoing for a he worked I thought very, he started Dish. He worked there very briefly. But anyway, my buddy Charlie's the man. They started calling him Clean Charlie. Such a... Because br- he was just the the more likable he Charlie. Wasn't even and he's clean. clean. It was just no, a I mean, shit out dirty pretty Charlie. Clean. Yeah, I mean... But, so I guess because he was my friend, Charlie, like I got him the job... Dirty Charlie, who hated my guts for good reason. I was him. a complete asshole to this guy. Started giving Clean Charlie shit because I'm sure he hated that nickname uh, too. But so jealous of a superior Charles. So Clean Charlie would tell me these stories about Dirty Charlie being a fucking asshole. And so Dirty Charlie's giving Clean Charlie a hard time. And that pisses me off. Anyway, anything pisses you off. It was probably like not a full year, it was like 10 months or something. I was switching jobs in New York and I was going to be moving to. So I pretty much had like, I think it was like three, four, maybe, maybe it was a month or three weeks 
off where I wasn't working before I was moving and before I was starting this new job. So I hit up Chris Schmitz and I was like, Hey, like, could you throw me? It was in the middle of summer too. So, you know, the establishment oh, yeah, is busy. I and I was like, could you throw me a couple shifts? If I like came up to Rhode Island and like stayed with my mom or my friend for like, a, you know, like two weeks. And he was like, yeah, we need help. Obviously. Yeah. Clean Charlie. I don't think he was no longer there. I don't think me and him ever worked together, but you were gone. Cause the straw was open. Yeah. Straw life, baby. That was such a good escape for me. Yeah, and you killed it too. But we'll get into the Well, the stro. restaurant closed we'll down in, in less than years. We'll get into the stro soon. But um so like I came back and like, you know, I'm only there for 2 weeks. So I was just being a s- absolute savage. Just fucking with people. I remember this. Cru- I feel crushing like- the expo station. This was like I came back to the expo station and Tubo was the main guy and they were so hurt up that like Burnham was covering expo shifts because they were so short staffed and dirty. Charlie at this point was like mid range line cook, you know, like he was no longer the bitch of the kitchen, but he wasn't like a top dude and he was still gross as fuck and still wasn't that great of a line cook. Yeah. But like, dude, the thing with the establishment is like, if you were able to be a serviceable line cook at all, you were a good line cook. If you cook. can make because it like, through the shift. Like, yeah, that's you know, the thing. Like, it's like the establishment is the hardest line I've ever had to work on. And I've worked other lines where I had like busier atmospheres with more dude. tickets. But yeah. like the fact that there's only two people that can fit on that little dinky line. The menu's huge. Huge. You have so many so ingredients much to work on. with. Yeah. It's just like the it, the fact that he was serviceable at all means that he was low-key good. Anyway, so I come in and start expoing like... I, I got mad hours in those two weeks. Like I caked up, you know, and I'm working like the rough shifts, like Saturday night in July. And like, you know, oh, yeah. ev- everyone's just miserable and it's just a grind from the second you get to work. Like yep. there's no chill time. And me and dirty Charlie were just going at it. And obviously dirty Charlie stood no chance talking shit against me. So he was just yeah. getting destroyed. And I was much better at expoing than he was at working the line. Yeah. Even, Coming from ten months in New York, when you're like, when you're winning at like the work aspect, you're winning at shit talking. Anyway, so it gets to my. It was like my last weekend before I went to New York. My last shift was like a Saturday morning, so I had like one more day before I went back to New York that I was going to have off. I'm expoing, just completely crush it on my last day, but being a really big piece of shit as yep, well, like. Yep. Station stop, like everything <laughs> clean, but everyone in the kitchen just is like, get this dude the fuck out of yeah, here. Cause you're, he you're, is such a piece of shit. Janessa's in the juice bar, just pissed the fuck off, about to go smoke a joint because she's just mad at me. Everyone's mad at me. All right. First of all, when is Janessa not about to smoke a joint because she's pissed <laughs> off? Second of all, your resting like level of being a worker is being a piece of shit. So if you're saying that you were being a piece of shit, that means you were turning it up past 11 to like 15. I also that night, I remember I was going out with like my good homies and mind you, oh, I, was, good homies? I was going to New York to a nice new apartment and like a well-paying new job. So I was just like. You know, I took nothing serious. Dude, these didn't two your ass weeks. work at like a pizza joint? The first year. I'm saying <laughs> this was the end of that. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> I had quit the pizza joint. And we're gonna be talking about that because there's some crazy stories I got for you that I would love for you to hear on this podcast. In them all ears. About Bay Ridge Pizza. But anyway, Dirty Charlie's like 
fighting with some confidence this last day. And Dirty Charlie used to ride a moped to work. Oh, yeah. Little Vespa-ass joint. He was probably, because Jay, Jay got one first, and he was like, this is this is the way to go. It gets like 50 miles to the gallon and shit. And, but you can only use it in the summer. Like, <laughs> you in the winter, you're fucked. And I remember Jay taking his fucking scooter to work in the winter, just all bundled up. He and crashed shit. at one point, too. In the snow Off of it, but like wasn't even hurt because he had ten layers of fucking clothes Yeah, he would like on. gear up to ride that a shit was hilarious, snow, dude. Anyway, so I was just being so brutal to Titsman and Rustin and just such a dickhead. But right towards the end of my shift, Dirty Charlie, I don't remember what it was that he said, but he said something like really, really mean, like not fucking wow. with you, like like deep cut, you know, and it actually pissed me off. Oh, wow. And he was kind of like, you know, like you're going to go to New York and I'm going to be here doing this. Like, you know, I don't give a fuck about how much of a dickhead you were. Oh, he high roaded you. A yeah, little yeah, bit. yeah. He was yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. talk all the you know shit you mean? want, like, but I'm a, I'm fucking working. So he really pissed me off, but like, I was just psyched to get out of there or whatever. And my buddy at the time picked me up from the back parking lot. We haven't even talked about that fucking dirt parking lot back Is there, there. but he's like, He's like, look what I just bought. And it's a car marker. Like, give me that shit. What the fuck is a car marker? Like, you know those markers that you write on the car with? Oh, like, like they wipe right off? Yeah, I always just thought that was a bar of soap. <laughs> anyway, I write, I, I vandalized the shit out of Dirty Charlie's Of course moped. you did. We have a fucking theme on this podcast. I, 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 fucking with I drew some dicks out on the front of it. I write, of course. Uh, I think it was Dirty Sweaty Fuckboy. <laughs> And I leave. Anyway, like a couple hours go by and JT texts me and he's like, hey, like Dirty Charlie's really fucking mad. And he called the cops. Oh, my God. And again, remember, this is in the summer. So they're just like swamped busy. And so Dirty Charlie must have went out to his like moped and bugged the fuck out. He pulls it to the back of the restaurant and he calls the cops. That's so funny. And meanwhile, like when I first hear that, I'm like, oh shit, like, am I going to get in trouble? But I'm also like, if I can stay away from cops for 24 hours, I'm going back to New York. So what the fuck do I <laughs> also, give Also the cops are going to be like, well, they're going to think it's a joke. They're going to be like, all right, tell him you're sorry. So, <laughs> I think it was Nikki told me this. The cops show up. They're like, they're investigating, I guess, you know, blue lives yep. don't matter. Fuck the cops. And one Dragged from what right. I heard, what was saw was the cop puts his finger on the moped on the dick and it just wipes off because it's a car <laughs> marker, you know, yeah. and just he does that and it wipes off and he looks at Dirty Charlie and he's just like, we'll like report it in and we'll be back in a little bit. Like, let me know if you want to press charges. <laughs> and what was my favorite part of this story is from Jake, JT. Little man, big mustache. He told me that Charlie goes back in the kitchen after the cop does that. And Jake starts talking shit to him because Jake's my boy. He's got my back, you know, homie. And of course. This is what Jake said that he said to Charlie, which is just like the most dirty Charlie thing ever. Jake's like, he's like, you finally had a chance in your working career here to make Max look like a fucking piece of shit asshole and you blow it by calling the cops and <laughs> snitching on him, making yourself look like a fucking piece of shit asshole. And I just got that. I, when Jake told me that, I was like, that's the biggest W I think I ever took at the establishment. Just 
trashing on Dirty Charlie. I mean, Jake makes a good point there because, like, when you vandalize his scooter, he has the the high ground where he can be like, really, like, really, yeah, Max, yeah. this is like, what you want to do? Know, like, maybe Fucking, this is bullshit, childish ass vandalism. And you know, I was gone, so maybe he could have like but stopped me from ever low. coming back. But he just did the bitchest cop <laughs> the, out the and called the cops. Move. Yeah, like, dude. And that's just Dirty Charlie, dude. He sucks. I'll give him more props, too, because he at, I remember he at one point, like, came out as bisexual or, like... No way. I don't think he came out. He may have already come out, like, officially, but, like, he mentioned his bisexuality at work. I didn't and, know that. Uh I remember it wasn't, like, taken in a very healthy way by people in the kitchen. Like, like, healthy or serious? Like, no, like, I mean, like, people made jokes about it either because they, like, thought he wasn't serious or something. But, like... What year do you think this was? Because <sighs> every everything that happens that's inappropriate could, now, you got to think about what the time That's what I'm saying. Was, like, you know? I, I mean... I think PC culture was, was kind of there at that point. Maybe it was not before that, like, it was... But, like, I couldn't tell if he was saying he was bisexual as, like, a joke or, like, he was actually being, like, no, like, for real. But eventually it was, like, he was, like, no, like, for real. And it's, like, at the time, like, he was treated like shit probably for that as he was for, like, every other aspect of his personality. But looking back at it, it's even more reason to be, like, dude, he was a fucking champ for putting up with our bullshit. A, Did I mention a, the tomato a, story Wait, you mean a Charlie? champ or a chimp? Okay. Man, well played, <laughs> sir. Tomato story? Did I talk about him with uh, Lasley and the tomato? Oh, uh, let's hear it. I don't think we got it on record, dude. So this this guy, he had a he had a little crush on Lasley, who was a who didn't have a crush on Lasley. Um, yeah, I mean, at least a little one. She she was sweet. She was awesome. She's great. Shout out cool to Lasley. She's the best. She was like a jack of all trades in the front of the house. She was like juice girl, hostess, serving, doing. All, she worked doing her a, way up. She did everything, and uh, Charlie. Uh, he liked her and he would say she would walk by and like, and she did not like him. Let's make that clear. She's better than that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, there, there weren't many guys that she was better than, (laughs) but dirty Charlie, dirty Charlie was Burger King era. I don't think any of them make the cut. Yeah. Like Lassie was down to cloud around with, with like, you know, any, any dude, but like not dirty Charlie. Yeah. But Dirty Charlie, I remember him, like, she would walk around in that that dress she would always wear that looked like like a maid's dress or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah with, like, polka dots. With, like, your tights on It was stuff. cute. Yeah, she was cute be looking look. cute, and I'm working the line with Charlie, and she would walk by, and he would be like, that ass, bro. He's like, that ass just looks like a plump, juicy tomato, and I just want to take a bite out of it. Oh, that's so fucking gross, <laughs> And I dude. would be like, why do you want to fucking bite a tomato, that greasy bastard, dude. <laughs> Who the fuck wants to bite into a raw tomato? It's just a very weird way. There's like, so many other things. Call it an things. apple. Call a it a peach. peach. Yeah, 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 any, yeah, yeah. Any other fruit. Like, okay, oh this God. has me thinking now. Do you remember, um, it was like my favorite fucking thing, but like, Everyone used to say, mostly Jay Phillips, this was like his thing that he coined, but it was like rating your looks is different. Like one time someone was saying how like someone was making fun of me with something sexual, whatever. And Jay was just like, hey, like you guys should shut up. Max is like an easy 8.9. And I was like, 
dude, thank you. And he was just like, I was so flattered. And he's like, no, you're, you're 8.9. He's like, in real life, you're like maybe a high six. I'm so glad you brought this up. I completely forgot the whole thing. And it's so thing. true because working, oh, I, st- I just said it, huh? I yeah. just said, <laughs> I'm going to have to bleep it out. We would always be like, oh, shit. They're an establishment seven. <laughs> but it's true. There are people that Real I have work. hooked up with at the establishment that we attempted or successfully gotten laid with outside of working, outside of that working environment, you know? But you work at the establishment, you're drinking back on the patio late at night. You're maybe making you're fun do- of Maybe Dirty you're Charlie. doing some drugs. Uh, Dirty Charlie's already left because I've <laughs> shamed him the fuck out of here. He's not. Remember Ghost Dong? Oh my God, Ghost Dong! Shout out to Ghost Dong. I wonder if Ghost Dong's still there. We gotta go get brunch. So let me tell you about Ghost Dong a little bit. So when we would hang out in the back patio after hours, getting wasted, like how would you describe what the um, the ceiling of the patio was like? It was like it was a like big a, canopy. It was like of. a metal easy up. Like it was like a metal gazebo top thing, and. You know, sometimes it was cold, so we would put those, what do you call those heaters? Oh, like just like, like a those patio heater, heater yeah, that they the have at restaurants. At every restaurant there is. You know, seat. so we would have that flaring and we're drinking. And at the top of the ceiling, because of the heat, the the outline of like a huge penis would appear. I don't know if it was because of the heat. I feel I like thought, we you never think it, knew. You think it was just always there? I thought it, no, but the heat was what made it like appear. I mean that that's a that's a good theory. Uh, I mean, but I don't think, I don't that's think what we ever the, knew at the time. It's a good guess, but like, I mean, if that if then why was there only one ghost dong? Why wasn't there like a little ghost dong over was, where each heat? It was, was a massive ghost dong too. A huge penis. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it was a long dong silver. Like if that was a real shadow of a penis, it would be Matt Reagan level. Yeah, like Matt Reagan level, level hogsmanship. One thing that was written on the fence. Matt Reagan's penis crashed Amelia Earhart's plane. That is one of the greatest things. Savage. Matt Reagan's dick was just like a thing of legends. That was an era, dude. Like Godzilla lost a fight to Matt Reagan's (laughs) dick. (laughs) Matt Reagan's dick stole the election. (laughs) Matt Reagan's dick created Australia. (laughs) Oh my God. Those were, that was some good shit on the line too. Dude, Matt Reagan's dick and like Sonya's box was the other legend. That is like the way more vulgar than Matt Reagan's dick. Yeah, the Hoobastank. Hoobastank. <laughs> I, I remember one time, I think it was I think it was St. Patty's Day. And we ended up at your house. I think I was hanging out with Jay Lee and Sonia and some other people, and mm-hmm. we were like fucked up. And we end up at your house and fucking Sonia like gets a phone call. So she like walks outside and takes the phone call and someone's like, where did she go? And you were just like, she's airing it out. <laughs> and dude, I think of that all the time. Cause that was just so fucking funny. I completely forget. That. Yeah. I like hearing things like this and then being proud of my past. So. Sonia is such a savage though. I guess we should talk about that a little bit. Like a Sony baloney, just front of the house. Yeah, I mean, there's some characters in the front of the house, too. Sony Baloney is definitely I mean, one of them. Do you want to keep going about the line? Do you have a character you'd like to speak of or a story or something? Well, dude, we haven't even gotten into, like, Jimmy and Shea Boy, like, on a real tip. I mean, you lived Pseudo within lived. five feet of Jimmy and Shea Boy's house, so why don't you 
Give me something good. All right. So I used to live in a duplex in Wakefield and in the other half of the duplex was Jimmy and Shea boy, both line cooks at the establishment and both and just you lived, debaucherous And characters. you lived with Janessa. We haven't really gotten into Janessa yet, but she is a huge character. She's a fellowship of the OG. ring. Yeah. She's <laughs> yo TMX. She's the princess of crazy. Oh, of DMX said that her fucking ass was fat as fuck. And so like, I remember her saying that she was like so proud the rest of the day. Yeah, I bet. DMX was like, he said something like, oh, right there, right back there with the girl with the wagon or some shit like that. Okay. <laughs> Going off topic again. Where do you rank DMX in the most underrated rappers of all time? Most underrated rappers of all time. He's probably he's top ten. Most underrated all time. I would say up the I first person I thought it was Ludacris. DMX is better than Ludacris. I'm not saying he's not. We're talking about who's more underrated. I feel like nobody takes Ludacris seriously as a rapper, but it's like you go back and you listen to him shit do his shit, and it's like Back when everybody from Atlanta was just like doing trap shit and real slow, uh, like crunk music, Ludacris does like intricate ass rhymes and like Ludacris is pretty nice. Let me just say, I do love Ludacris. And I think Ludacris has that kind of like, I think of Outkast the same way, where a lot of their big hits are more than just rap. Like they're in movies, they're in commercials because they're like huge pop yeah, songs. Huge, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Hey Ya or Move Bitch by Ludacris. You I know? would also say Busta Rhymes, I used to always say was one of the most underrated rappers where it's like nobody ever talks about Busta being one of the goats. And it's like Busta's been around since like early to mid 90s, still relevant as of like 2018 making that. Or he just came was, out with an making album. Making that record. 2020. With, and doing that shit with uh, Tribe and stuff. But like, I think DMX is top five most underrated rappers. Ever. I don't know because I don't know how many, how much people six, underrate six him. Six number one albums. But I don't know how much people underrate him. Okay, I mean, I think he's one of the. He I think single handedly he's underrated. He's he's underrated in his rap talents, not being recognized. He's not underrated there. But like, when you listen to like old the first two DMX albums, some of those rhyme schemes and flows are like fucking next level and yeah. he has all the shock value True. he talks about raping your children well, and yeah. like not a lot of rappers have the balls to talk like he, that i would say that people underrate what people underrate specifically about dmx is his impact on hip-hop history because when dmx came out new york rap was a joke west coast was owning all of hip-hop because new york rap at the time was like diddy mace shiny ass suits and like, like TVs all up in the like, headrest. You're saying like post L and Biggie in dying? like 1997, 98. Yeah. Yeah. When DMX broke out, it was like East coast rap was a joke and West coast was well, you had, everything. You had Wu Tang, but I'm trying to Wu-Tang think Wu Tang had fallen off. And maybe Wu Tang wasn't really making records anymore. Okay. I think they had broken or up. Or what about Mos Def? Most Def was an underground rapper. Yeah, it's true. just like okay. when you all turn right, on right, right, right. Hot 97 You're at the time, and like yeah. hip hop radio dominated by West Coast. And then DMX came out and single-handedly saved East Coast rap because people were talking shit about East Coast rap. Like they're soft now. Look at Diddy and Mace in their shiny suits. East Coast was soft. And then DMX was like, oh, no, no. So like as a hip hop head, and now we're going off topic again, like 
I know that I am so biased to everything New York, but the thing with rap is like now people say that like the South is what's up because you got Young Thug and Lil yeah. Baby and shit like that. But my whole thing with like New York rap being dead because everyone like every couple of years sometimes like it falls off a little bit or like right now hot New York rappers are like one hit wonders because like Pop Smoke died and yeah, that but like whoop dee. But the thing most is, most rappers suck now. No the thing where is with hip hop is it started in New York. So yeah. as dead as New York is in hip hop at any time, it's the start. So yeah. it, and, doesn't, and, it doesn't matter. Nothing else under, exists without it. The underground scene in New York will always be dope. Like there'll always be sick rappers coming out of New York and the underground. But like, yeah, DMX saved the East Coast rap's credibility at that time. Who would DMX be? In the kitchen? Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, who else would yell and so scream, loud yeah. and reference their big penis as often? <laughs> okay. All right. Yep. Bust a nut in your eye so you can see me coming. So I think we are going to end it there and we are going to have to next week get more on topic because this yeah. was, this was great. We got some good information a out. But tangents. Yeah. So, uh, I think we'll call it there. Um, like subscribe, crush that like button, follow us on Instagram. Let's fucking go people. Let's Tell go. your people what the deal is. We got some merch coming, hit us up. Let us know what you want to hear about too. I'm Max Messier Richter. I'm Daniel Cotter. And we are Rags to Dishes. Church. This is new culinary. This is what's behind the scenes. Cooking in the kitchen. Everybody where we eat. Oh. Rags to Dishes. Start.